It was now the day before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He had always loved those in the world who were his own, and he loved them to the very end. Jesus and his disciples were at supper. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, the thought of betraying Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him complete power. He knew that he had come from God and was going to God. So he rose from the table, took off his outer garment, and tied a towel around his waist. Then he poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Never, at any time, will you wash my feet. If I do not wash your feet, you will no longer be my disciple. Lord, do not wash only my feet, then. Wash my hands and head, too. <laughs> Those who have taken a bath are completely clean and do not need to wash themselves, except for their feet. All of you are clean. All except one. Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, all of you except one are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've just done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and it is right that you should do so because that is what I am. I, your Lord and teacher, have just washed your feet. You then should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you, so that you will do just what I have done for you. I am telling you the truth. No slaves are greater than their master, and no messengers are greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know this truth, 
How happy you will be if you put it into practice. Good morning, again. <laughs> I have the privilege of beginning the new sermon series. It's entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, you might have guessed. <laughs> Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at chapters 13 to 16 of the Gospel of John. Absolutely beautiful chapters in the Bible, where we learn so much about Jesus' relationship with his disciples and subsequently the relationship that we can have with him right now. We're also going to look at how our relationship with Jesus and Jesus' relationship with us can guide our own friendships and how we behave with the people we love. That can be pretty challenging, can't it? I hope that by looking at Jesus' friendship and love for his disciples, shared for us in this historic story, we can all find a freshness and a challenge this morning that we go out with from this time of worship, that we're transformed and renewed in our minds by the love of Jesus for us. Well, I've called this sermon friendship and feet feet and friendship are a bit of an oxymoron for me i do not like feet i do not like my own feet and i don't like anybody else's <laughs> not even my friends yet in this story feet and friendship are completely linked <laughs> So I must take steps to face my fear of feet. You got it? <laughs> okay. Because I don't like feet, Meatloaf's lyrics fit well. You know the one, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. But actually for me, it makes Jesus' willingness to wash his disciples' feet all the more special. Here, in the undertaking of this service, Jesus Christ, Son of God, shows his love to his disciples to the end. He shows his love in completeness. He shows the full extent of his love for his people, for those he loves. What an example of true fellowship. This friendship, this complete love of Jesus for his friends, reminds me of the story of Jonathan and David in 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 to 4. You know when you just click with someone, you feel at one with them. Friendships like that are really precious, aren't they? Well, Jonathan and David, they were one in spirit. Remember what Jesus says, love God with everything you have, this is a paraphrase, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jonathan did just that. 
He loved David as himself, we're told. Jonathan is what we call a type of Christ that just describes seeing someone or something written in the Old Testament that foreshadows or points to the character and work of Jesus. Jonathan models the same deep friendship with David that Jesus has with his disciples. Because of Jonathan's love for David, he went against his own father's wishes and rescued David from certain death at Saul's hand. Just as Jesus rescues us from eternal death. What a friend we have in Jesus. I was challenged as I thought about Jesus being willing to wash the disciples' feet, to be able to wash all of the disciples' feet, knowing how filthy they were, where they'd been walking, even knowing that one would betray him. Jesus saw the need of his friends, the disciples, and his own feet needed washing. But he acted. Whose feet would I, would we, be willing to wash metaphorically? I thought, well, I would definitely be willing to wash the feet of Jesus. Absolutely. Like the lady in Luke 7, 38, who washed his feet with her tears. Oh, yes, I'd be so honoured to do that, wouldn't you? We sing that beautiful hymn about the lady with the alabaster jar of perfume who anointed Jesus with all she had. I will bow my life at your feet, at your feet. My lips so lost for words will kiss your feet, kiss your feet. But that wasn't what Jesus was modelling as he washed his disciples' feet, was it? He wasn't asking the disciples or us to watch his feet, to honour and praise him directly. There's a time and a place for that. Jesus, our teacher and Lord, is asking us to walk with him, to open our eyes to the need of our friends and act, to respond to that lead with great love that he's given to us to share. It still honours him, of course, because we do it in his name, through his love and example to us. So I thought, well, would I be so willing to wash my fellow disciples' feet do I really love you all as myself? Do I love you enough to wash your feet? That's the love, the deep friendship Jesus shows us and expects us to show each other. He didn't wash his own feet, nor did he ask for others to wash his, as worthy of it as he was. Jesus simply washed his friend's feet because they were dirty. He saw what needed to be done, even though it was something usually done by the lowest servant, and he just did it, humbly and lovingly. 
it would have been an especially potent moment for the disciples because not long before this event they'd been arguing amongst themselves about who was the best of them. When we seek the preeminence, we displease the Lord, who promised that true greatness in his kingdom is attained by those with a servant heart. In Matthew 20, 26 to 28, Jesus tells the disciples and us too, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray that we continue to promote loving service and fellowship between our fellow disciples, just as we have complete fellowship with Jesus. How can we serve one another in lowliness of heart and mind? How can we build one another up in humility and love? And as importantly, perhaps, pray that we'll be able to accept the service of each other, that our pride won't keep us, like Peter, from help, from prayer, from the love of God's people? Do we think about serving our friends without being asked? Do we see the need and act? The disciples didn't see how they could serve each other, nor did they think to even wash Jesus' feet, their teacher and their Lord. It challenged me, and I hope following Jesus in fellowship challenges you too. I would like to say here, though, I've been very blessed by friends in this church, and I'd like to thank you for the times when you've given me flowers, a word of advice, practical help, prayed, or given me a word from the Lord. All these times, you have effectively washed my feet, and I'm thankful to the Lord for your love and friendship. In verse 6 of John 13, Peter was horrified that Jesus was washing his feet. But Jesus said to Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Jesus then says, well, wash everything then, because the last thing he wants is to have no part with Jesus, no fellowship, no loving friend, no Lord. Jesus then explains to Peter and the disciples why they do not need to be washed completely again. If you've had a bath, your body is clean, he says. It's only your feet that are being dirtied by living in our present bodies in our fallen world. Jesus says effectively that when we turn to Christ as our saviour, the cleansing we receive is permanent and it's complete. And I praise God for that. Do you know spiritual cleansing? Do you have peace in knowing that you're clean in the sight of a holy God? 
If you don't, then turn to Jesus. He's waiting for you with open arms for you to come to him just as you are, dirty, sinful, lost. He has everything you need. No action that we or anyone else takes can make us any cleaner, clean us any deeper. Our sin has been removed and we're now dressed in the perfect righteousness of Christ, the way made available for us through his crucifixion. John 15, 3 says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what Jesus did for his friends, for you and for me. He laid down his life. We continue to pray, though, for our feet to be washed spiritually. Jesus taught the disciples in the Lord's Prayer to pray for forgiveness of our ongoing wrongdoing as we forgive others who do wrong to us. Jesus says that we should wash each other's feet and that we should forgive others as he has washed and forgiven us. Forgive as we've been forgiven. Wash and serve as we have been washed and served. This is living in friendship with Jesus and in fellowship with our fellow believers. When Jesus has finished washing their feet, verse 12 says that he put on his clothes and returned to his place. I was struck by something else about Jesus' friendship in this verse. Jesus didn't stop cleaning after he'd done a couple of the disciples' feet, like we might have done, doing just enough to make the point about serving others. He didn't say, right, well, I've done a couple of you, now you do the rest. He treated all of his friends exactly the same. He washed each one's feet and then he sat down. He completed the whole job. Each disciple mattered and so it is today still. We each matter equally to Jesus. He's given his all for each one of us. And the point is, he gave his all. Jesus could have lived a perfect life and decided not to go through the torture and crucifixion. The father in verse 3 says that it, the, says in verse 3 that the father had put all things under his power. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus consciously decided to finish the job he'd been sent to do. He says to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. He's done exactly the same for each one of us, given his life for each one. And not only, um, not only that, he didn't leave us without any help. He gave us his Holy Spirit so that we could continue with him in fellowship. Jesus doesn't do half a job. 
He won't pick you up and drop you back down again. Take the words in Philippians 1.6 as a constant. For you, a promise that won't be broken. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. As I researched this passage, I came across David Guzik's commentary on this chapter. He treats the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet as if Jesus is also sharing a parable about his life as he goes through the actions. John the writer recounts his memories of this time. He tells it in short sentences as if he hasn't got, forgotten a single part of it and he wants to record each moment. And as we think about each phrase, Jesus tells a parallel lesson of his life. So we read in verse 4 that Jesus rose from reclining at the table, a place of rest and comfort. Jesus came down to earth to us, rising from his throne in heaven, a place of rest and comfort. Then Jesus laid aside his garments. He took off his covering, just as he laid aside his glory and took off his heavenly covering. Jesus then took a towel and wrapped it round himself, being ready to work. Jesus took the form of a servant. He wrapped himself in servanthood and came ready to work. Jesus poured water into a basin, ready to clean the disciples' feet. He poured out his blood to cleanse us from the guilt and penalty of sin. And Jesus returned to his seat again after washing their feet. And Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God the Father after cleansing us through his life, death and resurrection. Let's just sum this all up by reading Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have, if any of you have an grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you say in Micah 6 verse 8, what you require of us. And we pray that we might be helped by the Holy Spirit 
to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with you, our faithful and almighty God. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.